Joining the guys every Friday is college football historian and Vegas legend Bruce Marshall from Vegas Insiders, CBS Sports, and his own website, BAMSports.net. With over 30 years on Memphis radio, with handicapping and sports talk, here's Bruce Marshall with Bryant and Brett. Well, making it sports time. Bryant and Brett with you. We're live out here at the Crazy Coop for their one-year anniversary out here in Bartlett on Stage Road. Make sure you stop by out here. They've got great deals, great food, got some drinks. We're also giving away prizes all afternoon. Uh, Tiger tickets, Grizzlies tickets. Make sure you stop by, sign up. We'll be drawing those a little bit later in the show. But Bruce Marshall joins us now. Bruce, thanks so much for joining us. And and I'm curious, uh, we've seen a lot of news this week out of uh, the world of college football and, and kind of the biggest one is the conference or the uh, college football playoff expansion you know uh, going to be 12 next year but after that a lot of unknown we've heard maybe 16 we're now hearing 14 was discussed this week where do you stand on on expanding the playoffs more than 12 yeah i know i think it will uh, follow the money uh, because there's going to be yeah. more money to be made. Now, it's a, for the next uh, two years, they'll have it at 12, and then it's open after that. I've, I've kind of laughed. But some people have said, well, it's only for two years this playoff. That doesn't mean it's going to go further. No, 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 no. It, it, it's going to keep going. I heard the same thing. Remember, Brett, you remember when Notre Dame first went to a bowl in that uh, game against uh, Cotton Bowl against Texas? And, oh, it's just a one-time thing yeah. for Notre Dame. They're not going to do it anymore. Well, you know, <laughs> we knew better. They kept doing it. <laughs> but, I, yeah. but I actually think the bigger news is really two things. One, and this ruling today about, um, uh, about the nil and and sort of like uh, opening the way more for that being to use being used as a recruiting tool and uh, mm-hmm. so that that's so that's a win for the players and sort of a loss for the NC2A and the stinging rebuke from the judge about the NC2A not above the law and all that but earlier in the week speaking of the NC2A Charlie Baker the president came out with I thought a very pro favorable ruling uh, and it, this it sounded like this was something drafted for him by lawyers. But um, it was like, you know, we're not going to, you know, we're not, uh, you know, interested in putting more restrictions on transfers. And I think that is strictly because he knows in, in court uh, the players are going to be winning a lot if they challenge mm-hmm. this stuff. And he doesn't want the NC2A to get sued anymore. So, um, and the players are more likely to do that if there's any restrictions on their movement. So I think in total, uh, these other things were also very interesting this week and how. College sport is trying to uh, adjust to the new landscape here, which continues to move under its feet. Who had a bigger influence on their sport? Jose Canseco Mm -hmm. with his book or Ed O'Bannon with his lawsuit? (laughs) I want to say O'Bannon probably because I think. Yeah, financially it sure did. Yeah, because I think that one really. Uh, that that sort of tipped the scales, and that just sort of opened the floodgates here. And, and we haven't, and and there's still more of that to come. So I'd probably say O'Bannon, but we knew that was coming. I think that could have happened at any point. You know, you know, fifteen, twenty years before that, had somebody stepped forward to do it, um, because the, the NC2A has really always been on shaky financial financial state, shaky legal underpinnings with all of this stuff. And, um, and, and, you know, so it was just a matter of time before somebody challenged it. But, you know, um, it's a lesson that could have, the powers of being in college sports could have probably uh, 
mitigated this somewhat if they just got a more proactive sooner and started to come up with something, uh, you know, to compensate the players long ago. This is what it ends up, though, because they didn't do it. Bruce, in a perfect world, if you had to do it how you wanted it, when we go to whether it's 14 or 16, do you want to incorporate more bowls or do you want more on-campus action? Um, more on-campus, I think. Um, and I think what would happen uh, the next well, – I think they'd probably go to 14 next, uh, only because mm-hmm. they'd still want to somehow give you know a couple of teams a, a break and I think the Big Ten and SEC will campaign for that because that would mean that their their champion team would get a buy. Unless it hurts, champion teams would get a buy. Unless it financially, and maybe it makes more sense to play the extra games. So I think that first round, I think, well, you know, there may be more, um, uh, there, there could be more games in the first round uh, if they go to 16 at campus sites, and then maybe get the Bulls involved with that after that. But this is what, I mean, I wrote about this stuff over 30 years ago in the gold sheet. This is, you could incorporate a lot of these Bulls into, uh, into the playoff. Um, and um, it always made sense to me. It just took a long time for this to actually happen. Bruce, you might be shorting yourself a few years. I think it might even be longer ago than that. But the first person I ever heard mention a playoff, and I don't think it was for selfish interest because he was even – even referencing some before it. I didn't even know it could be an idea, but Lou Holtz for, first proposed it in a meaningful way after his Arkansas team upset Oklahoma in the Orange Bowl and the bowl games that were played after the conclusion of the 77 season. I think that game actually was January 2nd, uh, 1978, when Arkansas won. And, and, and he was wanting four teams then because he knew that team he had – uh, around a playoff structure would have been a really tough out. Well, yeah, I can go back even further than that. Uh, yeah, I remember Holtz uh, talking about that, but uh, the 1965 Sports wow. Illustrated college football preview issue uh, laid out a whole case for a tournament, and wow. um, that's and they they projected who the teams would be. This is in '65, but I've checked. Uh, who that. did they the story? Did Dan Jenkins do it? Uh, it might have been Dan Jenkins or, or, or Roy Cave, um, uh, but it was in the pre- preview issue, which, by the way, had Frank Solich on the cover taking a handoff when he was at fullback at Nebraska against Arkansas in the wow. previous Cotton Bowl. But yeah, M- M- Monty Kiffin was on that Nebraska team. Yeah, that's right. And uh, go back, and uh, if you can find that in the Sports Illustrated archives, it's there. But they t- I can, I've found stuff back into the 50s. Uh, them talking about um, about the playoff, and that sort of spawned. I'm working on this new project here, book project, where uh, I'm going to hypothetically put together what a playoff would have looked like for the about the 40 years up to when they finally did it in '98. Um, oh, wow. And it's going to be sort of you know, there's no, it's going to be totally unofficial, of course. But I mean, it's just sort of my interpretation of what it could have been like. And you just think about it for a minute. What we've missed out on all those decades and all those matchups we could have seen in college football, but we just couldn't do it because of the Bulls and the Rose Bowl and all that. Uh, it was an opportunity of, and I'm just glad we have lived to see them sort of uh, rectify all that. Me, me too, Bruce. In, in, in 19, that end of 77 season, those games played, I think that would have been, if we had had another game in kind of a playoff format, that would have been USC against Arkansas because they upset Ohio State right earlier that day at the Rose Bowl. 
Uh, actually, Washington beat Michigan that year. That was Warren Moon uh, beating okay. uh, Michigan that that day uh, and and that night when uh, uh, Oklahoma got beat by by Holt. Uh, uh, the Bear beat Woody Hayes pretty bad in the Sugar That's Bowl. That's it. Bama that beat Ohio State in New Orleans. It might have been Bama in Arkansas. Well, and then, uh, but you, you know, Notre Dame in Texas was actually, uh, you know, another big one that day. Um, and yeah. Texas actually came in number one. So Notre Dame won, and then with Oklahoma losing at night to Arkansas, that opened the door for Notre Dame uh, to get uh, claim number one. Who's the most robbed team of not having a playoff, do you think? Most wild of most robbed. If they'd have had any kind of structure like we have now, they would have gotten hot and won it. Uh, oh, from any time in the past? Oh, yeah. gosh. Oh, gosh. There, there could have been. Well, I, I will tell you. Uh, and I've got two uh, two of my years I've sort of put together. I'm going way back here. But in uh, 1967, I actually have Oregon State winning my tournament. Um, and they didn't even get to the Rose Bowl that year, though they beat USC because they lost a couple of games early that season. And Bruce, they the would have the not year, beat Kenny Stabler that year. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> well, I don't know. They beat they beat Purdue, uh, UCLA, yeah. and tied UCLA and beat USC with OJ every year. I mean, Tennessee could have won it that year too. Uh, Tennessee beat beat the Alabama that year, but no, I, I had Oregon State winning that year. I had Houston winning in 1969. Uh, because at the end of that season, they were an absolute wrecking machine, and you can ask any Auburn fan who remembers what happened in the Astro Blue Bonnet Bowl about that. Wow. Uh, Bruce, I'm curious. I've heard some people throw out the idea of the NCAA expanding to 14, expanding to 16, maybe even expanding to more than that in, in seeing conferences like the Big Ten and the SEC demanding more than just one uh, automatic bid for their, their conference championship, maybe two or even three. Do you do you see them trying to, to figure out a way to do that, being how big of conferences they'll be and, and how much money they'll be generating? Oh yeah, that that could happen. Uh, one more note, Brett. Remember that Bama team '67 lost to six and four A and M in the Cotton Bowl. Gene Stallings. So. Sure did to Gene wow. Stallings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, I'm sure the Big Ten and the SEC want to have more spots if they can, and they'll try to do everything they can. I I I think you know this is the, through the rest of the decade here. We'll see how close the Big Ten and SEC get to really running the show here, and there will be some pushback from. Uh, some of the other conferences that they all, it all gets negotiated collectively and that maybe these, you know, and for the good of the sport, maybe, you know, everything should be negotiated collectively and not just conference by conference. I mean, it's sort of like, you know, in the NFL, if the uh, NFC West decided to make its own TV deal and then the AFC South made its own TV deal, maybe just put the whole thing together. I don't know if the Big Ten, the SEC will ever agree to that because they're sort of like the Dodgers and the Yankees with the TV money and MLB. They just don't want to share it. But that there's going to be a push for that. And uh, we'll, I just that, that these are some more dominoes that will fall between now and the end of the decade. If, Bruce, if we don't incorporate more on campus, don't you think the L.A. Bowl with Stan Kroenke will be in the mix and where you live, won't Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas be kind of oh, yeah, in the sure. pool of bowls? Oh, sure. Yeah, there'd be no shortage of those. And, uh, um, I, yeah, definitely. I mean, the sim, you know, similar sort of, uh, what we see now, these 
cities that have these the domes are going to be in better shape to do that. And uh, mm-hmm. and and then we'll, yeah, we'll see. I mean, the, yeah. And is it just going to be the final game is going to be bid upon for a, a neutral, you know, for a a site, or is uh, you going to go to the semifinals also? Maybe. Maybe those are outside of the traditional bowls too. I don't know. The one thing I, I just I find very interesting here is how the Rose Bowl so impeded everything for so many years because the Big Ten was unable to move uh, and and give Jim Delaney. He got had some critics, but he got he turned that battleship around in the river and got the Big Ten thinking about you know uh, maybe we should have a playoff here, and that was really the trigger. Because I, I think the SEC and the you know the Big Twelve and the ACC were always good for that, but once the Big Ten got to, you know, on board, that was it. But you know where the the Rose Bowl now is. You know, I I, I think now we're to the point where the Rose Bowl doesn't have near the uh, clout anymore, and I'm not even sure how much longer they're going to keep this this window on uh, New Year's for it because the old the old alliance is gone. But I'm I, I am not sad, but there's a lot of Pac-12 old-timers who are saddened by that. I'm not, because I always thought the Rose Bowl impeded the bigger picture of college football a lot more than it helped it. Mm-hmm. Talking to Bruce Marshall from Vegas Insider, CBS Sports, and BAMSports.net. I'm curious, we've got spring training up and rolling, uh, and we had a game, one game yesterday, a handful of games. Uh, today, really uh, get rolling tomorrow afternoon. When do you start kind of looking at baseball and start trying to to get your research done for maybe future bets or, or some of those earlier games in the season? Yeah, oh, I'll wait a little bit. Um, I usually uh, go down to spring training, which is in Phoenix is really neat because they're all around the valley there, and you try to find a few days when they there are some night games there too. Weather's usually not uh, too bad there then. I mean, they, they rip you off on the hotel prices, though. They really do. <laughs> so be careful with that. Or uh, Florida, a few years ago, I went down there, so I'm thinking about that as well. But normally about the middle of the month, I try to see spring training. That kind of gets me in the mood to do it. And you can see if, if you do it right, you can see a few games per day for a few days. So, you know, sometime mid-March, I'll start getting more into that. Bruce, at this time at the goal sheet, you would always start doing – what your NCAA tournament bracket would look like. Are you doing that at BAMSports.net? Yeah, I'm sort of doing some stuff, and I'll send probably send some stuff over to uh, CBS to – I'm just sort of keeping my own uh, thing here. But it's very mm-hmm. fluid here, um, and, and I know I'm wondering at the, fur- the furthest reaches of the bubble. I mean, we always seem to talk about that stuff, but, I mean, who can move in here and who can't, how this net rating does it. I still think the net is really – designed for the major conferences there it's it's not that you're not really penalized for losing games in these big leagues unless you lose to vanderbilt like like uh, texas a&m did last week but um you know when does uh you know when does south florida start getting mentioned by some of these guys is maybe moving on to the bubble uh all they're doing is leading the american and uh they aren't getting a lot of mention right now all i'm hearing is you know florida atlantic um from the from the american but uh, it's pretty fluid. I think we've seen this week. Look, we had UConn go down. You had Purdue go down. And last week you saw Arizona go down. All those uh, uh, pretty significant upsets. And uh, uh, so it, it is a very wide-open race. Yeah, no, it absolutely is. I'm curious. I saw this nugget, and uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but Minnesota right now 
is 23-3 and against the spread. They picked up a win last night at home against Ohio State. Everyone talks about college basketball, college sports in general being so hard to, to pick and that you know, at the end of the day, these are 18- to 24-year-olds. They're going to mess up. They're going to have bad games. They're going to lose games. They're not supposed to win. That's a heater, uh, though. Oh, man. But 23-3, and have you, I mean, can you remember a, a run like that in, in college athletics? 23-3 and is just incredible. That's better than the Baltimore Ravens in preseason. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, I mean, they are. I uh, this is this is weird because I I sort of got off the uh, I I kind of have uh, it depends if you count that Missouri game as a loss earlier in the year. Some people are counting as a push for uh, Minnesota, but I I got off of them. This is this is boy. I'm I'm in, ret- in retrospect maybe I shouldn't. They back to back games they got uh, whipped by Indiana and Iowa in mid-January and I sort of lost the scent then and but darn it they haven't uh, picked it up the thing is they're they have been covering point spreads in games they've been losing um yeah and barely squeezing in there they the Iowa game lost by five they're getting like seven so they did that uh they lost uh Wisconsin by two in a game they were getting three uh they lost Michigan State by ten in a game, they're getting twelve and a half. So they are, they are barely hanging in there. They covered, they beat Maryland by three in a game, they're laying one and a half. I mean, you can go, you can go down the list here. Wow. It's been really close, and it's just like you're flipping a coin, you know, twenty six times, and it's coming up twenty two, twenty three times heads. Mm-hmm. So uh, they, they listen. It's um, you know, Ohio State. Uh, they just beat them. They got to go to Nebraska this weekend. Nebraska's pretty tough. They can do it at Nebraska. You know, a lot of people are going to be betting on Minnesota now. Now people are seeing this. Yeah. Who, who's your team to beat? Who, who do you think the tournament goes through? Tennessee. 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 Mm. And because they don't what? connect. I think, and yeah. I've watched them this year. I, they are my favorite team to watch because of him. And I know Tennessee's had that roadblock at the Sweet 16 with Rick Barnes, but I think, and back further even, but I... I by me, that's my favorite team I've seen this year. I just think all the pieces are there because of him. And he has really flourished having some better athletes around him. Uh, he's a first-round pick. Now. They're talking about not he a first-round pick. And uh, uh, this is a guy mm-hmm. of northern Colorado. I mean, a big sky uh, transfer coming in. So, actually, for me, that's sort of my team to beat. And it's it would be... Rare for Tennessee to make a run deep in March because they're always, like you said, out huh. at the start of the second weekend. Right. But I think this team could go further. Never wow. been to a Final Four, I think, to an eight twice, maybe three times ever. But, you know, long long awaited for Tennessee back to, you know, great Ray Mears teams and other great coaches. I don't know if I, I can trust Rick Barnes to, to, to do that. Who's the coach you trust this time of year? Oh gosh! Um, I mean, I would say uh, Dan Hurley, but I won't because he's just a, uh, you know, because he uh, he he won it recently. And, you know, and Matt Painter is also, uh, you know, flubbed up uh, enough mm-hmm. times uh, down down the road. So it, the, the guys I used to to like a lot, the Bo Ryan's and the um, you know Jay Wrights and them are are not uh, coaching anymore. Mm-hmm. So. There's fewer of those guys that I, you know, that I'm really, I, I really like. I mean, Mark Few, I'm not sure they're going to make it in there this year. I mean, he's been good, but he's never won it. So yeah. I think some of my favorite uh, coaches, you know, 
Uh, Shaka, you know, got the Final Four once, but he, he's never mm -hmm. done it. And I don't want to say Bill Self because I don't, uh, I don't want to. But uh, Eric, you know, there's some people who want to see Kelvin win it too. But I don't know if there's any of these uh, coaches this year that you can say for sure is the one, you know, to to take it because a lot of them have been sort of unproven in the uh, in March. Yeah, it's been tough. Uh, Bruce, before we let you go, is there anything you like tonight or tomorrow in college basketball or the NBA? Yeah, uh, tonight. How about this one? Uh, if you can, well, I can have to find it somewhere uh, online there. North Florida. This is the Battle of Jacksonville. These are both Jacksonville teams. Atlantic's not North Florida and Jacksonville. They're playing in Jacksonville's small gym tonight. Uh, watch North Florida. They take more and make more threes than any team in the country. And their guard, Chaz Lanier, is just on absolute fire. And he is the second most accurate three-point shooter in the country, over 45%. Wow. It's a very short price. Uh, and North Florida, this isn't really, they're just going across town. I'll take North Florida against Jacksonville. The Ospreys tonight, I'll take them. Ooh, and tomorrow, like one that. SEC game, um, This the Alabama-Kentucky game tomorrow. I would point this out. The Kentucky game got, yeah, it got kind of fast-paced. Um, the other night in the second half against LSU, but it also landed way, way under uh, the spread, uh, under the total in that game. And uh, I'm thinking Alabama, you know, I'm seeing high, mid to high 170s in this game. That's too high. Even as good as, as much as Alabama scores, Coach Cal has slowed this thing down. The Ole Miss game and the Auburn game and the LSU game all went way, way under. Uh, after Kentucky was playing a lot of overs, too. I think that mid to high 170s is too high for uh, yeah. Alabama, Kentucky tomorrow. I like it. I like it. Bruce, where can we find more of you? Thanks, Brian. Check me out at VegasInsider.com. All my picks are there. We got some hockey tonight, we got some NBA and a few college games, including that North Florida. There's one for tonight, and I have a whole bunch for tomorrow. Uh, so, all my picks, VegasInsider.com. You can also read my stuff at CBS. Sportsline, sportsline.com, once in a while up there on CBS Sports HQ. Bruce, as always, thanks so Good much. Luck. We'll do it again next Friday. Okay, boys, thank you. Thank you, Bruce, thanks, Bruce Marshall, with us from Las Vegas every Friday. And we can all head down Highway 78 to All-Star Chevrolet, first exit into Mississippi. That's Kraft Goodman Road, and you're at All-Star. And if you're ready to... Have one of those beautiful vehicles. You can get it like that new Silverado right there at All-Star with financing down to 2.9 for 72 months or up to 5,000 cash back. Plus, you make no payments for 90 days. Your good credit deserves it. You get it at All-Star. And it's still the month of love, and you'll love all the vehicles like the Silverados, Equinox, Trailblazers, Tahoes. You're going to love seeing this All-Star lot and showroom loaded up again the way it should be. You want a pre-owned vehicle? They have them. Everything you want is right there. Ram trucks, Jeeps, Nissan Rogue, a Traverse with third-row seating so we can all do more together. Where are you going for Easter or spring break, and what are you driving? You should be driving something from All-Star Chevrolet in Olive Branch. College students, teachers, military, health care workers, you all get an extra $500 bonus, and that's with all the other deals you get. Everyone at All-Star they're ready to see you, and they have everything you're looking for. If by chance they don't, just ask Kevin or Jeff, and they'll get it to you with all their contacts. Remember, it's not Mount Moriah, it's not Bartlett, not South Haven, not Collierville. It's got to be Olive Branch. Come on down to All-Star Chevrolet 
in Olive Branch or go to allstarautogroup.com. We're live out here at the Crazy Coop in Bartlett on Stage Road. It's getting closer to dinner time. Make sure you come out here and uh, get some food. We've got some drinks and stop by, say hello. Some great deals for their one year anniversary. And also, stop by. We're going to be here till 6 o'clock. We're giving away uh, tickets, Memphis versus FAU this weekend, and also uh, Grizzlies tickets. So make sure you stop by, sign up. We'll be drawing winners for that around 5.30 or so. So still plenty of time to get out here at the Crazy Coop. Let's go ahead and get to a break. When we come back, we're talking some SEC. We're talking some Razorbacks with Ty Richardson. Add a little fun to your lunch break. Join Johnny Radio for Sports 56 Happy Hour from 11 to 1 every weekday on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Time to talk Razorbacks on Sports Time. Joining the guys is Ty Richardson from ESPN Arkansas to talk all things Hogs and SEC. On Twitter X at Ty Sports Radio, here's Ty Richardson with Bryant and Brett. Come on, all you We're about to talk to Ty Richardson and talk some SEC and some Razorbacks with him. But let me remind you, we're at the Crazy Coop. We're here till 6 o'clock. It's starting to get busy in here. People starting to get out here and get some dinner. Um, so make sure you stop by on your way home. We're giving away. We're going to draw a little bit later. We've got two four-packs of tickets for Memphis and FAU on Sunday. We've also got Grizzlies tickets. So make sure you stop by and register while you're out here. The DJ's ready. He, when we go quiet, oh, yeah. he's going real loud. It's going gonna, it's gonna to get fun in here. And let me remind you, they're doing a uh, special all weekend long. Again, it's uh, their their one year anniversary here, beginning today, going all weekend long. Get a three whole wings or six party wings, fries, and a drink uh, with any one of their thirty two mouth watering flavors for just eight ninety nine. Such a great deal! Um, so make sure you get out here this weekend. The Crazy Coop seventy one ninety nine Highway sixty four between Appling and Kirby Whit- Witten, family owned and operated. The Crazy Coop, America's premier wing destination again we'll be out here till six o'clock well ty thanks so much for joining us a lot to get to with you basketball baseball uh but i'm curious we've seen arkansas we've seen them struggle this year but we've also seen them go out and, and you know sweep a series uh, against texas a&m in basketball we're getting closer and, and closer duke. and beat duke we're, we're getting closer and closer to nashville for the conference uh tournament how tough an, of an out will this arkansas team be this year well, they got a, an easier schedule. And by the way, save me some of those four cheese roasted garlic wings. I'm looking at them oh, man. right now. And, uh, we'll load yeah, it up. You guys are, I was going to say, you guys are uh, probably full already. But uh, Oh, I, I am. Yeah, I bet. Man, that's one of those things about doing a radio show at a restaurant. You just uh, you eat it every <laughs> single break. Um, but that's right. Question, Brian, they, uh, so they got Missouri uh, tomorrow, and then they got Vanderbilt, two teams that are above in the SEC. And then they go to Rupp Arena, which is probably not going to result in a win. And then they'll welcome back LSU, uh, who tattooed them earlier in Baton Rouge just there, a game I was at. Then they'll go to Coleman to close out the season. So I think they can go three and two in that stretch. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think, I, I hope they can get to that, uh, Thursday night where they don't have to play on Wednesday night, but they're probably still going to have to do it. They'll, they'll probably win the first night. And then I, I just, I'm going to be honest, I don't see them making much of a run this SEC tournament, guys. But what if, what if they did win on Wednesday and they'll, they'll be favored that night? Just squeak out Thursday. Any way, you know, maybe they, they tap into what could have been 
and scare the daylights out of somebody on Friday, you don't, you don't think? Man, I, Seth, you've been going to those things or watching them a long time, and when you start playing on Wednesday, it just your legs go by Friday or Saturday. That's it. And, and it's just one of those situations, especially if you're playing a team with a double bye. They have, and I guess there's an advantage of playing in Bridgestone Arena, getting a feel, but I, I still would give the favor to the, the team that's much higher and it's had a better productive season in Arkansas. But we saw, uh, I don't know if you were, I think it was in Atlanta in 2000 when Nolan Richardson squad I was there. The table. They're, they're, yeah, they're only SEC tournament uh, championship uh, in the postseason. So maybe... Musselman can conjure up something 24 years later and add a, another uh, tournament championship to Arkansas's trophy game. And our friend Blake Eddins, that that weekend, that <laughs> whole weekend in Atlanta, he would have been making shots if you had had him blindfolded. <laughs> oh, man. Blake's about as entertaining as an Arkansas former player as it gets. He's really intelligent. I think he's uh, I think he's working for you know better than I would, Brad. I think he's working for Stevens and Little Rock. But uh, I have heard nothing. I've never – I've met him one time, but uh, I have heard nothing but good things about him. Steph. And, and, and his family, his, his father was the last captain for Coach Joe Jordan at, at Auburn. He had two brothers play at Auburn football and won on a national championship team. With Cam in that Sunday final in 2000 was against Auburn, and he had his day, and and you know it was so much fun to to watch it unfold. But there's never been a at a Wednesday winner, and Arkansas did do it in 2000. There've been there've been a couple others do it four days, but I guess if we do it long enough, somebody will come out of Wednesday and finally shock the world one of these days. It'd be nice if it was this year, because there's a good chance that team in Razorback Reds going to be playing on Wednesday night. I mean, that's a, it really is a good setup. I, I, the best, let's be honest, the best basketball city in the state of Tennessee is Memphis, Tennessee. We all know that. Uh, but it is a great setup that they have outside of Bridgestone. It is. The fanfare, mm-hmm. walking outside of Broadway and everything. But I've enjoyed it. I went to Tampa. I I didn't go to St. Louis the year they have it, but they really do. I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily what the Big 12 puts on Kansas City, guys, but it's about as close as it gets to a marquee conference basketball tournament. It, it was fun in New Orleans at the Dome for, for a few years, but it, it was too big. And, and you know, the early years when Arkansas first joined, uh, between the Arkansas and Kentucky fans battling each other, you know, it was really good crowds at those places. But it, it's going to be in Nashville now. Far, as far as the eye can see. And, uh, Stats, we were at Media Days together, and one of the questions that was posed to Greg Sankey and, and other uh, members kind of within the SEC office was, with bringing in Texas and Oklahoma to the league, is there an appetite to put things in Dallas and Austin? I know we're going there for Media Days this next year, but from a conference championship standpoint, like they're, they're automatically kind of putting a, uh, their foothold in Big 12 country coming up this July. Um, but they locked it in with Atlanta. I think they locked it in recently with Nashville for an extended period as well. I know Hoover seems like it's going to be there for baseball till the end of time. Mm-hmm. I would, it I is. would just think, yeah, I would just think that like having Dallas is, I think, the third largest market, only behind Los Angeles and New York, would be a marquee spot to put a championship game. But it doesn't look like they have an appetite to do it right now. I, I'm with you, and I, I was even favorable for you know, whether it was or wasn't they were going to do it. But I, I was okay with, okay, let's try it in St. Louis, because if you're going to invite them in, and this was explained to me by an SEC uh, official, if you're going to bring them in, welcoming in, welcome them in and give them, you know, some of the things. And 
and I can remember Southwest Conference tournaments in Dallas. I can remember them in San Antonio in Houston as well. If you're going to go to that part of the world, go there and put your events there. Yeah, and the SEC has an opportunity, again, not only to capture the entire southeast, but get into some markets that they've got into uh, a good chunk with College Station and Texas A&M and, and Aggie fans that are littered throughout that state. But, I mean, really, I mean, really deep ties with Texas and Oklahoma now being uh, joined at the hip with the Southeastern Conference. So, uh, that's a, again, that's a, a conversation that they have probably had multiple times, but uh, nothing substantial has seemed to come out of it from uh, putting championship games, at least in this early stage of Texas and Oklahoma joining the league as of this year. Ty, I know old-timers can make the fish story get really bigger and bigger through the years and lose a little accuracy over the years. But I tell Bryant, any story he hears about the Mid-South Coliseum and any story he hears about anything at Freedom Hall in Louisville, believe him. For you, whatever you hear about what happened at Reunion Arena, multiply it times five. It was that good there. Hmm. You know, you know, Stas, I, I, and Brian and me are about the same age, and there's a lot of regrets I have for being the age I am and not being 20, <laughs> 30 years older. But missing Arkansas's heyday in basketball and missing really Memphis's outside of Cal's early years, like heyday, like seeing those two go at it, and, and you just you miss some of the iconic basketball. Uh, Hall of Fame coaches and players at that point, and I and I can watch replays. I can I can read about it. I can listen to you, Clay Henry, Chuck, voice of the Razorbacks, and others talk about it. But to to not experience that time in the '90s or uh, Michael Jordan in his heyday or Larry Bird Magic in the '80s, it's just it's not the same from a basketball standpoint. Just hearing it second or third hand, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Razorbacks at Reunion Arena. Razorbacks at Reunion Arena in 1994. To beat the Fab Five less one, yeah. uh, Chris Webber had already gone gone to the pros. They beat Michigan on that Sunday to punch the ticket to Charlotte to the Final Four. That Arkansas eventually won, and you know, President of the United States there that hmm. day. Yeah, and I want to say, and I get this mixed up. They beat Lou Olson in Arizona in the Final Four, right? And that year on, on Saturday, and then beat Duke on Monday. But in Dallas yeah. the weekend before, they beat Tubby Smith in Tulsa on Friday night, and then got Michigan with Jalen Rose and, and Jimmy King and Ray yeah, Jackson yeah. and, and Jawan Howard on Sunday afternoon. And I can tell you, the security to get in, with, with, <laughs> and, 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 of course, when, when President Clinton came in, the Arkansas band played Hail to the Chief. Hmm. Oh, that's, that's awesome. So I remember as the, only, the only time I've ever been in a, in a building with a president or vice president was in Des Moines, Iowa last year when I, I didn't know this, uh, Vice President uh, Kamala Harris came. And uh, I, like, was removed, not forcefully from the elevator, but this, and I didn't know who it was at the time. They're like, get out. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. okay. And, and we're I serious. <laughs> yeah, and then I, I thought it was a joke at first, and then I uh, kind of was, like, ushered out. And then I was like, okay, this, <laughs> this makes sense. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I can't imagine what it would have been like to, to be in Reunion in 94 and then uh, to Charlotte as well. I'm actually uh, I'm flying into Charlotte uh, to just to, at, at some point this summer for a little golf trip. Uh, for, uh, nice. that. So I'm excited to it just be in that city, to be honest. 
Yeah, no, that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, Ty, before we let you go, I do got to ask you, uh, baseball, uh, three and one weekend against, uh, James Madison, four game series last weekend. Now a, uh, a big weekend for the Razorbacks. They're, uh, in one of these invitationals down, uh, at Globe Life Field tonight. A big one at seven o'clock against, uh, the number seven ranked Oregon State. Um, Beavers, what do you, what do you expect to see tonight? Did you have any takeaways from that first year? against James Madison? Well, it's uh, there's two Aidens Arkansas has to deal with this week. You've got Aiden Shaw for Missouri, and then it's Aiden May, I think, the, the kid from Oregon State. Um, Hagen Smith hmm. did not have a good outing last weekend. Arkansas is All-American, and uh, it was cold, but he just wasn't himself. You could tell he was frustrated. There was a fly ball that should have been a fly ball that ended up getting uh, hit out of the park. So he needs to, he needs to show out tonight. He's going to be a major leaguer someday. Might as well do it in the defending World Series champs park tonight and then the rest of the weekend uh beat oklahoma state beat michigan or just take you get two or three guys would be a successful weekend uh as we get closer to to conference play coming up absolutely well should be fun i'm excited to watch that game tonight against oregon state for sure but ty as always thanks so much for joining us and we'll do it again next friday guys get one of those party packs from crazy coop maybe get me some sauce and uh i can't wait to talk to y'all next week Man, Man we're, 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 we're going to owe you a library. <laughs> that was good, Ty. You know what you're doing. <laughs> Thanks, Ty. Thank you, man. It's going. See you, fellas. You got it. Ty Richardson from ESPN Arkansas. He joins us every single Friday. Talk to SEC and the Razorbacks, and a big one for them on the diamond tonight, a top 10 clash. Well, we need to get to a break. When we come back, it'll be time for Big Number of the Day. Join the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin, for Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings from 10 to 11, here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Big Daddy. Hello, Big Brand. It's a guy, he wants to be big, then he gets big, he doesn't want to be big anymore, then he gets small, but the suit's too big. Big Daddy. The Big Boy. You're a big guy. I think she's trying to pull a fast one on Big Daddy. The big number of the day. Alright, Brett, well, my big number today comes from that game last night that I lost sleep over. I mean, I, I stayed up way too late trying to watch that Arizona and Washington State game. Cougar pride. I mean, honestly, one of the two, I guess. But, uh, my big number today, hmm, I could really go, could really go a lot of different ways. Um, but we'll go 1986. That's a year, okay? Um, this is, uh, from ESPN Stats and Info. Washington State's win over Arizona meant yesterday, so February 22nd, 2024, was the first day the Cougars finished as the outright leader of the Pac-12 more than one game into the season since December 21st, 1986. Washington State hasn't won a regular season title since 1940-41 season. So it's been a long, long time since... uh, since Washington State has found success, I think in the they Pac-12. went to the Final Four that year. I, I maybe that was like winning a game, yeah. in the tournament to get well, to well, yeah, d- different time. But no, right now after that win over Arizona, they're in first.
first place um, with a 12 and 4 record in conference play, right in front of Arizona now, who's sitting at 11 and 4. So just unbelievable game last night, unbelievable win for Washington State. I'm telling you, their head coach Kyle Smith, he's going to be on a lot of lists this offseason. He and he, he should be. Yeah. He he will be for sure. You know, every year at the Final Four, they always pay tribute like to to the the benchmarks of 10 years ago and 20 mm-hmm. years ago yep. and 25 years ago. Our friend Ty Richardson we just had on, he's got a really strong take on Arkansas and baseball, kind of the 64 for football, 94 yeah. for basketball, 2024 for college oh, yeah, baseball, yeah. for the Razorbacks in baseball. Right. Ten years ago, they will be honoring at the Final Four the champion from 2014. Yeah. It's UConn. Yeah. They will be honoring 20 years ago the champion from college basketball. That's UConn. Wow. They will be honoring 25 years ago from college basketball. That's UConn as well. Wow. Holy cow. And speaking of UConn, watching uh, the Nets play last night and seeing Kevin Ollie on the sideline was a little weird, a little weird, but uh, I guess that's what the Brooklyn Nets are now. I think we look up in a few years and see Jerry Stackhouse as the NBA head coach. I think we do too. I mean, he is a, he is a I think, a really good coach, I think, in terms schematically and, mm-hmm. and what he does, but... I mean, that job at, at Vanderbilt, I mean, it's just hard to get guys in. It's tougher than ever. It, it's tougher than And, Brett, I mean, you see, um, you know, he even said it earlier this season. I mean, look around the SEC basketball right now. I mean, there are a handful of Vanderbilt guys that transferred out because they're in that position where if they bring good players in or they develop good players – Auburn or Alabama or South Carolina. Man, he's not selling it sold. No. I mean, they're, they're looking and saying, hey, we can go get this kid. And they call, you know, Miles Studi, who's now, you know, has a huge role at South Carolina. And they're calling Miles Studi and saying, hey, you know, you want to come play at South Carolina and, and you know, be a top 25 team? Here's, really cash, here's, in the time. here's way more cash than Vanderbilt's going to offer you. And so, I mean, I think. And, and school's a lot easier. And school's a lot easier. So, no, I think you're absolutely right. It's just a tough, tough, tough job. Um, for Jerry Stackhouse right now, but um, has, has certainly done a, a nice job in terms of, of X's and O's, and, and I think bringing in talented freshmen, but they're just very young this year. We've talked about it a bunch this week, and it, re- it really hit me, I wasn't distraught, but mm-hmm. I, w- I was very nostalgic last weekend on the news of the loss of Lefty Drussell, Yeah, because he was so fun and so colorful, and Ty Richardson just talking about it always feels like yesteryear is more colorful. Mm-hmm. But in college basketball, we, and we talked about it yesterday, I mentioned the names. Right now, we've got a lot of the same kind of yeah. guy yeah. as head coach out there. There's, there's, you know, there's not anybody in Wimp Sanderson's patch mattress right. ja- jackets anymore. Right. No, I mean, it's... Maybe uh, that's a good thing. <laughs> it might be. I mean, I don't know. But you're right. We kind of have this um, box of coaches that we're in, and, and you don't see kind of a variety that we used to see where, you know, guys were, were getting it very animated. Like it's a lot of fun for them. It doesn't. It really doesn't. And I don't, The money's never been bigger. No, no. But, you know, I think in, in you know, talk about, you know, it being almost probably less fun now mm-hmm. with, with everything you have to do as a... As a coach, but you're right. We don't we don't see what we used to see. And from day one, how radically different the job duties, description, expe- expectations mm-hmm. for Coach Hardaway here. Yeah. We we've talked about that, but it, it's true. Yeah. It's not an excuse. It's no. the truth. No, it's the truth, and and you know we ran out of time with Ty, and, and I'm going to make sure to ask him this next year because it's something that we've been dealing with for you know the last couple of years here is when you bring those transfers in, you get to the point of the season. In Arkansas, I'm sure they've already gotten to that point of 
what guys have eligibility left that can come back, what guys that transferred in are going to stay, who do you not want, who who is tired of being here and wants and to transfer the out. life, boy, yeah. the expiration date for fans' love affair, yeah. like affair yeah. with the players, it ends quickly it's quick. now. One, and that's kind of, you know, we, we talk so much about the, uh, you know, we, we barely get to know the players anymore. You know, you know back when you know, you're there for four years and, you know, you knew I barely got to know you and I don't like you. Exactly. And so now when you got a guy coming in, you don't know him mm-hmm. already. They come in, they're a junior. They're supposed to, you know, come in and score 15 points a game. When they go out there in the first three games of the year, they're averaging four. You know, it's very easy to, to dislike a guy like that. And, and now a player we hope is very instrumental in maybe a turnaround of the Tiger season. I mean, I, I, I don't, I really don't. I don't mean this is a shot at, at the young man and certainly mm-hmm. not at his dad, a, a fine man in Rodney Newsom. I mean, two weeks ago, most of us didn't know Joe Cooper was on the team. No, no, no. And um, certainly has gotten a lot of talk this week. And, uh, you know, a difficult situation. I mean, being a walk-on and, and you know, these past two games has uh, been asked. And you're already seeing it on, on, on Twitter. You know, what's his NIL? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's a, it's a weird spot to be in for I bet him. not much. No, no. I can I can almost assure you not much. But, um, you know, we'll see. Uh, do we see him again? We'll have to ask Jason Munns uh, about him because I know a lot of fans have uh, – taken a liking to him over these last couple of games. Well, before we get to a break, let me remind you right here at the Crazy Coop, uh, 7199 Highway 64 between Appling and Kirby Witten. They are celebrating their one-year anniversary this weekend. And starting today, we're out here till 6 o'clock, and we're giving away great prizes. We've got tickets to Tigers and FAU. We've got Grizzlies tickets. We've got a whole bunch to give away. But starting today, they've got the uh, Crazy Coop special. It includes three whole wings or six party wings, fries, and a drink with any one of their 32 mouth-watering flavors for just $8.99. $8.99, unbelievable deal. Uh, so make sure you get out here uh, to the Crazy Coupe, $71.99, Highway 64 between Appling and Kirby Witten. Family-owned and operated, the Crazy Coupe, America's premier wing destination. Well, let's get to a break, and when we come back, we're talking Tiger basketball with Jason Munns. <laughs> 